Welcome to the book club. Um, I'm here with three of my students, and we're going to be talking about book scavenger. I'll have each of them introduce themselves and say one thing they love to do besides reading. I'm Kate, and I like softball. I'm Addy, and I like softball. I'm Chloe, and I like softball. We love softball in this podcast. This is the unofficial softball podcast. So um, in addition to our love of softball, we also love books and codes and puzzles, and book scavenger is all about those different things. We'll get more into that in a second during our Q&A, but first we're going to have our celebrity reader read a section of this book. Can you tell us who the celebrity reader is and, and what they're going to be reading about? Our mystery reader is Catherine Lavore, <laughs> Chloe's mom, and she'll be reading um, a section of Book Scavenger. Awesome. So we'll listen to that, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the book. Garrison Griswold whistled his way down Market Street, silver hair bobbing atop his head like a pigeon wing. His tapped, he tapped his trademark walking stick, striped in Bayside press colors, to the beat of his tune. A cab driver slowed down and honked his horn, leaning to his passenger side window. Mr. Griswold, would you like a ride? It's on me, my friend. Very kind of you, but I'm fine. Thank you, Mr. Griswold called back and raised his cane in a salute. He preferred traveling by streetcar or BART. They were the veins of the city he loved, after all. A woman clutching a cell phone hurried to Mr. Griswold's side. My son is such a fan of book scavenger. Can I trouble you for, an auto for a photograph? Mr. Griswold checked his wristwatch. Plenty of time to spare before he had to be at the main library for his big announcement. He balanced his hand on the woman's shoulder as he, she held the phone at arm's length to take a picture. So is it true, she asked? Do you have another game in the works? In response, Mr. Griswold pulled the imaginary zipper across his lips and gave her a wink. He continued on his way through the stream of pedestrians, whistling and tapping his cane on the brick sidewalk completely unaware of the two men who'd stepped into his wake. One was tall and gangly, with bushy black eyebrows peeking from the edge of his backward ball cap. His partner was a bulldog of a man who moved as if his chest propelled him down the street instead of his legs. His hands were jammed in his front sweatshirt pocket, and his stare didn't waver from his target. Mr. Griswold descended into the BART station, when he paused before the fair gate to remove his fast pass from his wallet, a voice from behind spoke his name. Mr. Griswold turned and faced the men. His smile faltered. It was early afternoon, off hours for commuting, and the trickle of people coming in and out of the station was slow, non-existent at the moment. He adjusted his frameless glasses and looked, at the, looked the tall man in the eye. I'm running late for an appointment, gentlemen. Mr. Griswold wiggled his salt and pepper mustache, a nervous habit. The way the short man popped his knuckles gave him a look that could only be described as scornful, caused him to put up his guard. We have a friend in common, the tall man said. Yeah, a friend, the short man laughed hoarsely. Oh, I see. Mr. Griswold turned to go through the fair gate, but the tall one stepped in front of him and blocked his way. I'm in quite a rush, Mr. Griswold said. If you wouldn't mind calling my office, I'd be happy to speak with you at a later date. Mr. Griswold extended his walking stick between the two men, trying to force his way through, 
but the tall man grasped him firmly by the shoulder. We want the book, he said. Mr. Griswold resisted the urge to hug his leather satchel firmly to his side. Inside was a special edition of The Gold Bug by Edgar Allan Poe that he had crafted himself using the Gutenberg 2004 X-Pro printing press and binding machine he kept at his house. He planned to make 49 more, but only the one in his bag existed at the moment. He'd brought the gold bug as a, bu as a prop for the unveiling of his new elaborate game. It would be just enough to give a hint, a small peek to the public of what would be involved. But these men couldn't be talking about that book. Nobody knew about it yet. Nobody at Bayside Press and nobody in his personal life. Mr. Griswold used the cuff of his suit jacket to dab a bead of sweat from his temple. I ran a publishing company, gentlemen. We deal with hundreds of books, thousands. You'll have to be more specific than that. You know the one that we want, the short, stocky man said. He leaned in close, stretching on tiptoe like he was looking up Mr. Griswold's nose. He jerked his neck back to his partner. He knows which one, right, Barry? The tall man stomped his foot. We said fake names, remember? Whatever, the other responded. This guy's old. His hearing's probably shot. Taking advantage of their brief moment in strife, Mr. Griswold swung his walking stick and whacked Barry on the cheek, then pushed past him toward the entrance to the lower level. Help! His cry echoed echoed into the cavernous station. There was a low crack, like a distant boom of thunder. Mr. Griswold felt something like a punch to his back. He stumbled and fell to the ground, hitting his head on the stone floor. Had he been shot? He struggled to breathe. A numb dampness spread across his lower back and his head throbbed where it had connected to the ground. Barry cursed and rushed forward. He stooped behind Mr. Griswold and placed a palm on his forehead as if he were checking for a fever. What did you do, Clyde? What happened to, we gotta use fake names, Clyde said. I can't believe this, Barry cried. You have a gun? You shot him? That wasn't part of the plan. Clyde shrugged. I improvised. What if he doesn't have the book on him? Of course he has it on him. Clyde inspected the hole in his sweatshirt pocket where he'd concealed his gun. He'd need it for the press conference. An automated announcement drifted up from the level below where the trains and buses arrived. Barry slid his arms underneath Mr. Griswold's and dragged him backwards to an empty bench. What a soft grunt. Or with a soft grunt, Mr. Griswold collapsed against the slick granite wall behind him. He crumpled from a seated position to a prone one, his back sliding against the wall, leaving a streak of blood to mark his trail. He tried to land on top of his bag in an effort to keep it from the men, but Clyde tugged it free. Clyde pulled the book from Mr. Griswold's bag, The Gold Bug by Edgar Allan Poe. He tossed it to Barry. That has to be it. Mr. Griswold's vision blurred the two men together and apart. He wanted to say something to stop them, but all that came out were moans. Barry hardly looked at the book before hurling it to the corner, where it rebounded off the wall and slid behind a trash can. That's a brand new book, he shouted. It's still a book, Clyde said. He's a publisher. He's going to have books on him. We were told to look for an old book, a really old book. A BART train rumbled in one level below. 
The hum of people leaving the cars carried upstairs. We gotta get out of here, Barry said. The two men raced to the exit. A boisterous group wearing black and orange jerseys rode up the escalator. One of them noticed Mr. Griswold slumped on the bench and ran over. A man dialed 911 on his cell phone. A woman crouched next to him and repeated, hang on, everything will be okay. As Garrison Griswold hovered on the brink of consciousness, he wasn't worried about when help would arrive. It was a slim addition of the gold bug wedged between the trash can and the wall that consumed his thoughts. All that work, all his plans, everything was in place, but without the gold bug, his game wouldn't get launched. His nearly priceless treasure would never be discovered. He hoped desperately that the right person would find his book, someone who would take the time to understand and appreciate the secrets it held. Okay, welcome back. So that was a section from Book Scavenger. Um, now we're going to talk a little bit about this novel. The novel opens up with a very dramatic scene. Um, briefly, who can describe what that scene is about? So it's about Mr. Griswold, and he is a famous publisher uh, for a publishing company, and he made Book Scavenger. And he's heading to Bart Station when these two men come up, come up at him and they try to talk to him about a special book that uh, Mr. Griswold has. But he doesn't say anything and he doesn't say anything about the book and one of the two men uh, accidentally shoots him. Yeah, so after this shooting happens, then we meet one of the most important characters in this book which is Emily. Who can talk a little bit about Emily, what her life is like, what she's like, and, and how she starts out at the beginning of this book? Uh, so Emily is a girl um, who doesn't have many friends. She's shy and, um, and she's very quiet, but she's also very intelligent and uh, is very good at solving puzzles and codes. Awesome. And what about Emily's family? What is what are they like? <laughs> um, so Emily's family is um, so her parents always wanted to travel around the uh, USA. So um, they uh, started doing this, and um, so they have a blog called Fifty Homes in Fifty States. And so she uh, Emily can never have very close friends because then she'll just move again. So um, she doesn't really make friends in any of the states. So the title of this book, Book Scavenger, is also the name of something within the book itself. Who can talk a little bit about what Book Scavenger is? So Book Scavenger is a game made by uh, Mr. Griswold and it's uh, basically you're trying to use puzzles and codes to retrieve different books all around the area hidden by other people. Um, so basic and like there's levels so um, of like and the each level is like a different detective from books and Emily is trying to get to the top level. One of our listeners Josie who's a fan of San Jose Sharks player Tomas Hurdle wanted to ask about uh, Mr. Griswold and his death. 
because she noticed that you guys said that Mr. Griswold is shot. So does Mr. Griswold die, and how does that affect the, the plot of the book? Uh, so Mr. Griswold does not die. He, he just um, ends up in the hospital for a um, few months, and uh, affects, it affects the story because now there's um, a very exclusive uh, book on the loose, and yeah. Jared wants to know, um, what are some of the other characters in this book besides Emily, and who's your favorite character? So um, some of the other characters is James, and um, James is good at solving puzzles and codes, but he is like more outgoing and goofy, and they both live together in like their apartment complex, so they have like a code to talk to each other so people don't know what they're uh, saying. Uh, what's another character in this book, Addie? Uh, another character in this book, uh, her name's Maddie, and uh, she goes to Emily and Jay's school, and she's more of like a bully. <laughs> um, so, and James and Maddie uh, compete in like a code contest, and it's basically you have to make these different codes and puzzles, and whoever has the best one wins. Uh, Chloe, could you tell me a little bit about Emily's teacher, Mr. Quisling? Uh, so he is a teacher who is also a book scavenger fan. And uh, so when he found out that um, Emily has the book, um, the exclusive book, he encourages Emily to bring it back to the owner. One of the quotes that I found early on in this book um, that maybe describes Emily a little, a little bit says, how do you open yourself up to hellos when you're already preparing to say goodbye? Could somebody talk a little bit about how that quote relates to Emily's life? Um, that quote relates to Emily's life because um, she, because her family moves around all the states, so like by the time she makes a close friend, they have to leave again. Along the way, Emily faces a lot of different challenges on her quest to uh, solve this puzzle. Can you talk about some of the challenges that you thought were most interesting that she faced? Uh, one of the challenges I thought was the most interesting is the two men that um, w went up to Mr. Griswold in Bart Station. And those two men are trying to hunt down Emily and James for uh, the book that she has by Mr. Griswold. What other challenges does Emily face along the way as she tries to solve this puzzle? Well, along the way, um, uh, she, uh, along the way, um, her parents uh, are st starting to decide to move again, but she really doesn't want to because she made a lot of close friends, and so um, uh, she tries to convince um, her parents not to leave. <laughs> If you were going to try and put this book into a genre like adventure or science fiction or, you know, whatever else, how would you describe this, this book? I would describe this book as a very adventurous and a lot of action book. Um, I would also describe this as a mystery book because they're trying to figure out uh, what, why uh, Mr. Griswold uh, has the book. Uh, I would also say that it's like 
it's um it's more of like a a ch uh, like a puzzle solving book and that um and you need like a more oh actually no <laughs> um, so I know that all of you love this book. What is your favorite part of this book? Um, my favorite part is, I think, is when, um, I, when, um, Emily goes, uh, for the first time to see, um, uh, well, when she first meets James. And what's that like, that moment when she first meets James? Um, she thinks he's kind of weird because he's wearing, like, antlers on his head. Um, and uh, she, uh, she's looking for her, like, book where she solves all the book scavenger puzzles, and he has it, so then she has to, like, ask for it. My favorite part of the book is when Emily and James go to the publishing company that Mr. Griswold works at? Uh, um, the same with, same with Addie. My favorite part is when they, um, when they go to where Mr. Griswold works at and, um, and they show the gold. Uh,